listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. It is Sunday. Guys, look what's going on here. We got two shows within a week, huh? Damn, getting a little ambitious. We're on the move. Well, that was inspired by the fact that I was able to land a great interview with Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. As uh, we teased a little bit on social media, we told you it was coming. And uh, we had a really good chat, a good in-depth, almost an hour-long conversation about just the whole, we ran the whole gamut. We talked about Cruise Tips TV and, you know, what they have going on over there with her, her husband and everything, you know, the great things that they're doing. If you're not familiar with Cruise Tips TV, I definitely suggest you check it out. It's a YouTube channel. They do live streams and uh, it's just uh, a very... uh, It's a very rich resource for all things uh, cruise-related, and it's just presented in Sherry's on-air natural. The production value is off the charts, so I definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, And we had a great interview, and you're going to hear that in just a few minutes. Uh, Before we get into the nuts and bolts of the show, as usual, we try to tell you where to find us other than right here on your favorite podcast, and that is Instagram, check Always Be Booked, as well as Facebook. Now, it's a group. The Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. Please join that group. We definitely want to keep the people coming in and keep the numbers growing because you guys add to it so much. You guys, the comments and the questions, a lot of people ask questions that people are wanting to ask and they just don't. And uh, usually a lot of people weigh in. The regulars always weigh in on that and it's very, very much appreciated. But there's a lot of stuff on there. A lot of it's fun. A lot of it's informative. Definitely check it out. Please also... Uh, email me. Uh, we're not going to do an email segment this show because we're going to, you know, we've only, we did a show a week ago and we're going to let the emails, we got about three or four in the stun right now, but hopefully we'll get a few more and we'll be able to, uh, do an email section for next week. But, uh, we did have the interview and we do have the news and I got a funny little story I'm about to share with you guys that, uh, well, it wasn't funny at the time, but it ended up being, uh, well, you'll hear it. Um, and, uh, Email me at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. So just be a part of the show. You can absolutely, you can absolutely be a part of this show next week by just emailing emailing me at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. So last night, New York City, you guys know if you're a regular listen regular listener to the show, you know what I do for a living, and that's work in bars, restaurants. And right now my current location is on 52nd, 52nd and 2nd Avenue in New York City. And what is that? What's that neighborhood? That's the Midtown East Bar District. Very, very busy. A lot of people, you know, it's, I'm not going to say it's, you know, <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not trying to blow it up too much like it's the epicenter, the bar capital of the world. But no, it's pretty busy. And every year, it is the epicenter to what is called SantaCon. Now, what is SantaCon? You can... I can sum it up by just saying my nightmare. Yes, it ends up being very, very profitable. It's a good weekend for us uh, financially. But you kind of wonder <laughs> at what cost St. Patty's Day and SantaCon, my two nightmare days of the year. Uh, two weeks out, I start having anxiety about it and nightmares about it. Now, it's crazy because, you know, uh, 
I used to live for this stuff. You couldn't get it busier or more chaotic. It couldn't get it chaotic enough for me back then. But now I'm just responsible for the whole show. And it's just, you know, 12 hours straight of just expecting a fight to break out or somebody to fall, somebody to get overly drunk, somebody to throw up, uh, you know, whatever. You got, I don't know what it is. Uh, 75 to 100,000 people running through the streets of New York City. We're going to call them adults when they're really not adults, but they're all dressed as Santa Claus. This is a thing. Look it up. SantaCon, New York City. And there's videos out. They fight each other. Can you imagine uh, Santa Claus is in, in, in fighting each other in the street? It's, I mean, it's, it's really strange. But so... This is what we're dealing with, and our bar is right along the SantaCon path, and it definitely worked out financially, but I'll say yesterday. So it gets going. They start rolling in at about noon, and uh, Santas are just uh, – Santas are a plentiful all throughout. And Santa, when I say Santa, I mean a drunk 25-year-old Santa. Uh, Santas and Mrs. Claus is making out and dry humping and chairs along around the bar. All that stuff is going on. So remarkably – and I knew better. I knew it. I didn't even say it. Somebody else did. But we got through the whole day. Six o'clock in the afternoon. Jam-packed, but still fine. We got a line down the block. Can't let all the Santas in because we're just too busy. Uh, Eight o'clock rolls around. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm waiting for the big melee, the problem, the fight. The police sergeant called me up. Just said, hey, man, you're doing a good job. Everything's looking so smooth. I mean, God bless the cops on days like that. Jeez. But everything was fine. Nine o'clock, everything's fine. Now it's starting to get a little slower. It's starting to die down. The Santas, how long can a Santa drink, right? So it's starting to get nine, 10 o'clock. It's starting to die down. And in my mind, I'm like, wow, the worst of it is behind us. And we're, it looks like we may be unscathed. Now, I thought it. I didn't say it. I knew better than to say it and jinx it. But at around 2 a.m. in the morning, it was maybe about 120 people still in the bar. And the bartender comes up to me and he says Tommy very very smooth this year huh I looked at him like with a death stare I was like you moron why are you saying that right now you know you're jinxing it sure enough fast forward a quarter to four in the morning there's still about 75 50 to 75 people in the bar I mean you could imagine what condition they're in at this point they probably got some sort of uh narcotical enhancements going on but whatever it is I I can't prove it so whatever they seem okay the landlord who and mind you a little bit of background on him he's a madman he's about a six foot three 250 pound late 30 early 40 year old psychopath who uh he's he's almost gotten into fights with our uh vendors if they don't deliver right he's a I've always had a pretty good relationship with him, but I've seen him kind of blow up. So he comes flying into the bar at a quarter to four in the morning beside himself. He can't even talk. He's so mad. I look up on the TVs. I see that our direct TV is out. And he goes, there's a guy on the roof. Now, I guess I should say this. We are on 52nd and 2nd, and we're on the first level. We're the first floor of a brownstone apartment building that has five floors all the way to the top of the roof. There is a common entrance from halfway into our bar into what is basically the stairwell for that walk-up apartment complex. It's very, very, very difficult. We try to monitor it as much as possible. Every once in a while, 
a drunk thinks it's the bathroom and makes his way into that little area. We usually catch him and then we escort him back into the regular part of the bar, the regular part of the bathroom and everything, you know, no harm, no foul. Now on a day like SantaCon, it is very, very difficult to do this. I'll take the blame. I should have anticipated this and I should have just completely sealed off that area and make it impossible for anybody to get through. But it also is an emergency exit. So that technically would have been illegal. So, uh, Long story short, he finds out that there is a Santa on the roof. Now, this is a five-story walk-up at four in the morning. I don't even know. I ended up up there. I almost passed out just getting to the roof. Uh, He got up to the top, and he was urinating off the side of the fifth floor on the roof, the fifth-floor walk-up, down onto 2nd Avenue, urinating down onto 2nd Avenue in a Santa outfit. Now, I don't know if he was looking for a chimney or something, but uh, <laughs> thank God it was that late because if any kids were walking by and they'd ask their my mommy, why is Santa Claus peeing off the side of that building? So whatever. The guy's long gone, but he did see him, and he he kind of got away from him or whatever, and he – what did he say to me? The landlord said, I saw the guy, and the guy was confrontational to him. The guy was actually trying to fight him, and the landlord was kind of pushing back, and they got into a little scuffle. And then the kid just kind of like walked away or ran away or whatever he did. So now the landlord's in here barking at me left and right. And I'm like, listen, let's, John, let's calm down. Let's take it easy. Let's, let's, let's take a step back and let's just try to figure out how we can fix this. Because just raging out off this is not productive. So he did calm down and we went outside and we were having a conversation about it literally on the street. Now it's about 4 o'clock in the morning. And in the middle of our conversation, he sees the Santa across the street. And he goes, that's him. And without even thinking about it, he goes after him. So I follow him. So the minute we catch up to this kid, he's like confronting him about it. Excuse me, brother. You peed off my roof and you destroyed our, oh, I didn't tell you that. He destroyed our DirecTV satellite equipment. I guess he was just angry. It was a mad Santa, whatever. He thought, maybe he thought, you know, the people in the building were bad this year and, you know, didn't deserve DirecTV for Christmas. So he basically decided to rip the um, rip the satellite out of its connection or whatever, and it was just laying on its side. So we didn't have DirecTV. So this guy is denying the whole thing. We're both standing over him, you know, two semi-imposing figures in, in him, and he was just in denial the whole time. Dude, I'm sorry. I was not on your roof. You have the wrong guy. And the landlord knew that this was not the case, so he just kept pressing him, pressing him. And then the kid started talking again in the middle of his denial. He turns and sprints away. Now we're on 52nd and 2nd. The scene is 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, mind you, didn't tell you this either. We got our first snow of the year, and there was accumulation, and it was still snowing. So this kid turns around and sprints. Now, this kid's 23, 24 years old. I am not in cruise weight right now. We talked about that. And this guy's, you know, sort of my age too. And uh, we take off after him. So there's your visual right there. Four in the morning, about six or seven blocks down the road. And this kid is just widening the gap. He knows... (laughs) He knows he's n- he knows we're not catching him, and he probably knows he doesn't have to run his fastest for us not to catch him. But nonetheless, we are running after him. We're, we're trudging along through the snow, chasing this Santa Claus through the street at four o'clock in the morning. 
the landlord's on the phone with the police all the while, trying to dispatch the cops, and we're, we're passing 58th, we're passing 59th. And uh, we uh, eventually, needless to say, lost the uh, <laughs> the vandalizing Santa. But um, it was just one of those. I thought of you guys the minute this was happening. I'm, this is going to be a great story for tomorrow. But, I mean, it wasn't great at the time. Bent over. It's just me and this landlord bent over trying to catch our breaths in the middle of the night in New York City in the snow. And uh, somewhere there's a Santa on the loose who destroyed our direct TV, which is not good. Um, so that's what we're up against. Let's get into it right now. Uh, before the interview with Sherry, uh, we will get into some cruise news. So let's start off with the Queen Mary 2, a cruise ship we don't necessarily spend a bunch of time covering on this show. Uh, They did something really cool this past Friday. They hosted the premiere of a blockbuster Hollywood motion picture. According to Cunard Cruise Lines, this is the first time this has ever happened aboard a cruise ship, like ever. Uh, The movie is called The Greatest Showman. Now it's a musical, uniquely enough, that uh, celebrates the birth of showbiz essentially and some of the visions of P.T. Barnum. Do you know who P.T. Barnum is? I know some of the older uh, listeners might know who that is. That name means only one thing to me, and that is the circus. You guys remember the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus? Listen, when I was coming up, the Nassau Coliseum, Madison Square Garden, that was the only circus to go to. I didn't want to see the broke-ass Manhattan Circus. I don't want to see the locals coming. I don't want to see the, uh, the traveling circus that came to town. I was only interested in seeing the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, and that was known as the greatest show on earth. I still have trouble wrapping my mind around the fact that it got shut down. Uh, Anyway, on hand for the red carpet event were Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Rebecca Ferguson, and Zendia. Zendia? Zenida? Zendia? I'm not sure who she is, but it's kind of ironic, isn't it, that she's the only one of the four I haven't heard of, yet still she assumes she's famous enough to go by one name. In fact, I don't even know if she's a she. Is she a she? Does anybody know who Zendaya Zendaya is? I don't know. So they all did the red carpet, they boarded the ship, and then they made their way to the Illuminations Theater, and they enjoyed the premiere of the motion picture The Greatest Showman. Star-studded cast in that, right? Huh? Um, So as per usual, at a highly publicized event like this, we do have a statement. Quote, The world premiere event of The Greatest Showman on Queen Mary 2 tonight epitomizes the glamour and excitement that defines Cunard, said Josh Leibowitz, Senior Vice President, Cunard, North America. He goes on, We are thrilled to host the first major motion picture premiere on a Cunard cruise ship and would welcome the opportunity to partner with the 20, with 20th Century Fox again for future endeavors. So, there you go, Josh, trying to set the scene and plant the seed for future star-studded events such as this. Uh, Captain Philpot, master of the Queen Mary II, toasted the evening apparently which reminds me i saw something in one of the cruise groups i follow where someone posted the question what are you sick of about cruising and someone wrote uh quote captain worshiping and to my surprise like 11 people commented in support of this did you guys know this did you guys know this was a thing how do you feel about it uh it like has a title captain worshiping like right next to chair hogging i didn't know there were i didn't know we were really typically like 
worshiping the captain i do think captains should command a good amount of respect and i think it's cool when they come to the dinners i mean the guy is responsible for navigating us all across the ocean and he's responsible for thousands of lives and he pretty much has to stay on the ship until the last person is able to get off unless of course you're driving the costa concordia apparently so i think i do think a level of respect should come with that that uh reminds me of a bill burbit yeah i'm not talking about the one where he uh <laughs> Where he says the government should randomly sink cruise ships to solve the world's overpopulation problem. This is a different one. Now, Bill Burr, who I do like, I think he's hysterical. I think he's the the top comic in the game right now. Check him out. But he is sometimes known to be a little bit of, would you say, the enemy of the feminist, per se. I'm not saying I agree with him. I'm not saying we 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 don't do politics on this show. We're not making political statements. But... Whether I disagree with him or agree with him or just don't care, I do think the way he presents it is sometimes absolutely hysterical. Um, But he responds to the fact that men make more an hour salary-wise by saying, this is why, ladies, are you ready? In the highly unlikely event that we both end up on a Titanic and we're about to sink, you get to jump on a raft and be brought to safety and i gotta sit there and listen to the uh string quartet or whatever and go down with the ship again just kind of funny no he probably does a little bit better than me the way he delivers it but check out bill burr tell me what you think of him or if you have checked him out and you enjoy him let me know again tommy at alwaysbebooked.com all right moving on terminal f as in fu carnival norwegian and, and royal caribbean we are msc and we're taking over Actually, that's not at all what MSC is saying. That was all my words, but seriously. This past Thursday, the Port of Miami and the rapidly growing MSC cruise line commemorated the completion of Terminal F, and that will be home to MSC Seaside, MSC Divina, and eventually the MSC Meraviglia. I kind of like saying that, right? Meraviglia. Uh, All right, what am I, Dracula? What's the name of the song by Meatloaf? Two out of three ain't bad. (laughs) The Seaside and the Meraviglia. The Seaside and the Meraviglia, I'll go with. The Divina, not so much. But, uh, yeah, Meatloaf sang a song. uh, It was called Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. Um, You know that was me and my first ever girlfriend's song together? Now, if you know that song, you'll probably know why we didn't make it past the sophomore year. Uh, At the event, there were lots of pomp and circumstances, like bold statements here, you know, made by very important people running for various offices. But... The nuts and bolts of the situation with Terminal F uh, is that the uh, new building is going to be a two-story building. It's going to be a 38,282-square-foot facility that will offer seating for up to 1,500 guests. It has 60, that's right, count them, 60 new ticket counters as well as VIP seating. Uh, It's got a special group lounge and a way, way more efficient baggage claim area than most cruise lines uh, have in their terminals. Um, And it's, again, time for a statement. Quote, We are extremely proud to be the home port of the MSC Seaside and excited for her arrival on December 21st. Right around the corner, huh, guys? Uh, That was Port of Miami Director and CEO Juan M. Curla. Curila. Curila. Uh, He goes on, we're thankful to MSC Cruises for entrusting Port of Miami with their innovative cruise ships, and we look forward to our continued long-term partnership. So, I mean, that is the mecca for cruising, huh? Miami, everybody goes there. Uh, They're actually building, you know, they're building terminals for cruise lines now. It's crazy, though. MSC is a little bit of a controversial topic. We uh, shared 
what port was it? I believe it was Costa Maya, I think we saw. Uh, what was it, Costa Maya? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Last cruise we were on, we saw, a, yeah, it was Costa Maya. We saw a bunch of guests at the, I guess, common area where the cruise terminal is, and they were very, very disappointed with the food, with the service, with the entertainment on the Divina. And a lot of people are saying, you know, MSC is slated to, from a ship standpoint, break into the big three within the next 10 years. Uh, I don't know. What you might say would keep that from happening happening is the fact that they're just not an American cruise line and they may not have the finger on the pulse of what American cruisers want. You know, it's a little bit more on the European end of it. And I think a lot of people base their opinion on MSC in the in the Divina. And it might be right. They may not. They may not. They may fail to deliver like a Carnival Norwegian or Royal Caribbean will. But I think it remains to be seen. And I think we have to reserve judgment because of the fact that who knows i mean if you're spending all this money on these huge innovative cruise ships and you know you're entering into a market where you otherwise weren't don't you think maybe the powers that be might step their game up and do what they have to do i mean really make your food better make the entertainment better and have a friendly staff if you just put a focus on that you can do it so i wouldn't rule out MSC Cruises in being able to break into the big three. Again, like I said, I don't know that they're going to do it. But again, I just wouldn't use the Divina or a lot of the other European uh, cruise ships that they have as, I guess, a you know, as a determining factor as to just conclude that they're not going to make it. I think when you, you know, you got it, you got to, these people are very, very brilliant people. And, you know, brilliant people tend to know what their weaknesses are and they tend to know to fix them. You know what I mean? Conscious incompetence is what they call that. If you're consciously incompetent, you can you know you 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 can improve. You have the wherewithal to fix it. Um, <clears throat> what else we have here? All right, the last piece of big news that we have uh, this week, and I know it's a short week in news, and we're not doing the emails. We're all excited about the big interview we're about to play. Uh, the last piece of big news we have is the Carnival Sunshine. A.K.A. the arm, uh, the artist formerly known as Destiny. She is moving, not to Miami, not to New York, not to L.A., but where? To good old Charleston, South Carolina. The Sunshine, when I was on it, was not my favorite ship. But as I said before, I definitely would sail on her again. I kind of think I had uh, a few outside stimuli that may have caused me to unfairly judge and unfairly affect my opinion and perception on the ship. I would love to give her another try soon. Now, it's not a new ship. It's not a huge mega ship, but uh, it is. Uh, it, it was a nice ship, and I definitely would maybe want to go back on that ship under different circumstances. Not that it was a bad cruise. It was just, I don't know, I got off to a bad start. Um, it was a weird dynamic with the group we were with. It just wasn't a few. Uh, this, uh, the mustard drill sucked. I didn't like the main theater. It was just a lot of things. I waited. We waited probably close to two and a half hours to get on the ship. So I kind of went in with a little bit of a sour taste. Uh, But, you know, remove all those things, and maybe I would have a very, very enjoyable time on the Carnival Sunshine, a.k.a. formerly known as Destiny. Anyway, this move is happening in May of 2019. So, yeah, we got a little lead time here. Uh, This is almost like when Jay Leno retired from The Tonight Show. Remember that? He announced, Conan O'Brien retiring from The Tonight Show. Conan O'Brien will be my replacement five years from today. (laughs) Anyway, 
the Sunshine will be replacing the only pornographically named ship in cruising, the Carnival Ecstasy. Hey, you guys know why they named it the Ecstasy? Because if you booked yourself on that ship, you definitely got screwed. I know what you guys are thinking, right? The answer is no. I do not have a writing team. This type of comedic genius comes directly from your boy. Um, <laughs> then I looked around and I saw uh, what they were doing. and they were, Basically, what they're doing is playing a game of musical fantasy class ships. They're just moving them around from the Carolinas to Florida over the course of the next however many you know, years. But uh, the Sunshine will be doing four and five night Bahama sailings. Nassau, Half Moon Key. But... Uh, you know, seriously, it is cool that a ship on the larger side, which, you know, ultimately, you know, the Carnival Sunshine is, a ship that has all the 2.0 upgrades, is going to a small market in South Carolina. It gets, it gives those people a chance to uh, experience a ship that's, you know, like I said, dare I say, a little bit better than the fantasy class ships. But uh, that's it for the news this week. Let's get right into the interview with Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. Okay, so welcome, Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. You guys have heard me talk about Cruise Tips TV over the course of the last year of the podcast, and for good reason, I want to welcome aboard Sherry to the show. Sherry, welcome. Thank you so much, Tommy. It's about time. I know, right? I was going to say, it's like a long time in the making. I've I've known you <laughs> via the Instagrams and the social medias for a while, but uh, this is actually the first conversation we've ever have, we've ever had, isn't it? It is, but it feels like we've had lots because you're always on our live streams, and I feel like I already know you. I know. I feel the same way. Um, so what's going on out there? You guys are uh, actually in the midst of what we're hearing on the East Coast of all the news. You guys have the uh, the fire. I mean, there's some of the pictures and the, the footage I've seen is awful. Yeah, California is kind of on fire right now. I think that the problem is that we hadn't had haven't had any rain. So even though the mornings can be 30, 40 degrees, we just had – a really nasty fire kick up down in Ventura County. We don't actually live there, but we are in an area that's getting affected by a lot of the smoke, which is a big bummer, but everyone is safe and um, no one in our family or friend group has been evacuated necessarily. So we're doing okay. Great to hear. It's scary when you're just, when you're just up against nature. It's just you're kind of at the mercy. Yeah. All right, so let's get into uh, some uh, happier topics here. <laughs> I don't know if you're sick and tired of hearing, uh, you know, telling this story, I should say, but uh, would you mind letting the listeners know a little bit about Cruise Tips TV and how it got started? Yeah, sure. I would be happy to. No problem at all. You, I don't think we tell the story as often as it seems like we do. Uh, but about four years ago, we were having a dinner a dinner table conversation, my husband and my son and I. And we had been on lots of cruises as a family. And we felt like we were the people who were always helping people plan their cruises. And we thought, gosh, what if we just made a few videos about cruising and posted them on YouTube? I have no idea why we chose YouTube as our format. But we did. We gave it a try. And we made it absolutely Tommy, horrendous packing video. I mean, it is so bad. I can't even watch it. It has this horrible deer in the headlights, goofy, corny video. And that was the, f <laughs> the first video that we ever made. And then from there, we thought, well, gosh, people are actually watching. People are subscribing, even though we have no idea what we're doing. They're, they seem to be enjoying the tips. They're asking more questions. So let's keep this thing going. And then what happened after that is that we started to get a little bit more into full ship video tours and did our first full ship video tour on the Carnival Miracle. And then over the last four years, it's really just kind of evolved. We have about 
327 videos on our Cruise Tips TV channel and about probably 80 or so on our Cruise Gear channel. So over 400 videos later, we're kind of reinventing ourselves every month, every year, and just trying to look out for what our, our viewers want. And we're having a lot of fun along the way. No, it seems like it. And I mean, like I said, to, to say the show itself is polished is an understatement. I know. I think you uh, don't give yourself enough credit as far as Aww. the beginning as far as I mean, I've I've seen some of the back ones. They're not anywhere nearly as bad or embar- as embarrassing as you say they are. But um, what you have is, I guess, technically you'd call it an amateur production, even though it seems like that. Not it seems like it's. I mean, professional. You come off as a seasoned on-air pro, and I mean the production value is absolutely flawless. I'm I'm assuming that's mostly Mr. Cruise Tips TV on the camera and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. It's like the like the tech geek married the cruise geek, right? Oh, it's <laughs> Somehow- perfect. Somehow we make it work. But yeah, we do still see ourselves as rookies because we really don't have a background in any of this. Um, but well, well, if it I, is if I could, trash. If I could just tell you, it does not come off as amateurish at all. And uh, I, I would just like to know, uh, how did you guys get to that level? Was it something, you know, guys just did trial and error? Or do you guys have some sort of formal professional training or anything like that? Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely trial and error. And sometimes really serious trial and error. Stuff that we watch and would cringe or people would comment. And the good thing about our audience is that they tell us. And if we're, you know, if we're willing to listen, which is kind of hard to do sometimes, it's kind of hard to hear someone say, you know, why are you, why are you talking like that? Or, you know, why, is you, why are you projecting your voice in that way? Or whatever it is, you know, if you can kind of be open to what your subscribers have to say, it's, even though it's difficult, I think it it is easier to evolve, but we do sort of still see ourselves as rookies, always changing, always growing. But it's funny because we neither one of us have any professional training. My husband is a tech guy, and we did used to film weddings. So we do have videography background. Both of us have some formal training in filming uh, weddings. My husband's a great photographer and an excellent videographer. And he does have a lot of experience with Final Cut Pro and editing software and things like that. But as far as you know, Cruise Tips TV, it started from the ground up. We just were, we've been winging it the whole entire time. Wow. You would never know. <laughs> I, I mean, because I could tell you right now, I've, you know, I started out because when I go on cruises, I come back and I make these little stupid little montages and stuff like that. And <laughs> th- you would think that it was like thrown together in two seconds. Meanwhile, like it'll take me like two and a half days to do. I started on Microsoft <laughs> Movie Maker and then I ended up on Final Cut. I think I'm on Final Cut. I don't even know what I'm on. That's how bad it is. But <laughs> it, uh, it, it is a talent and it does take uh, a little bit of a little bit of a. I don't know, some training, not training or say, but just like you said, try and er- trial and error. Trial and error, yeah. Uh, you guys do a great, great job. Um, something you guys started doing, I don't know, I don't know the exact timing, but maybe like eight months or so ago, are these hour-long live streams. I got to tell you that these are pure cruisers gold. Uh, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like it's a community meeting that is uh, that is entertaining. It's also informative. What I love about it is that while you are the expert and you're the host and you're the go-to person – like if you don't know the answer 100%, you have no issue saying it. Uh, it's just such a great balance of you sharing the knowledge and experience that you have, but still having the humility to turn the questions over to the community. Was that a part of the original plan, the community aspect of it? Or were you literally just trying to kind of get out there and get your expertise out there and give the information? That's a good question. I um, it, When you ask me that, it's it's causing me to kind of think back as to why we did start the live streams. And I think part of it was that we felt like it was time for just a new type of content. 
you know, we, we used to love, or I used to be more comfortable doing those scripted like studio episodes where I would literally be reading off of my iPad script and it felt like it felt controlled to me and it felt safe, but it was getting to the point where that was, I don't know, it wasn't as fun anymore. And it was actually a lot of work to get all of those, um, you know, the scripts written. So it was basically almost like I was becoming like a blogger because I'm writing all these large articles, but there wasn't as much interaction. So I think it was, the idea was that it would be a more efficient way to help people, but to kind of interact. And I think the fact that we kind of created this community of friends, like old friends, new friends, people that come every time, people that are brand new every week has actually been a really pleasant surprise. And it's really brought us a lot closer to the whole cruising community. And I think it's so fun because as you know, it's like, sometimes it's like a, and it sounds like an auction, an auction floor. Like you get people in there and it's a rapid fire way to answer as many questions as we can in an hour. And it's just kind of efficient too. Um, you know, some weeks we'll get hundreds of questions on YouTube and it's hard. I'm like typing my little fingers away, but sometimes I can't answer them all. So how cool is it that we can jump on the, the good old interweb and answer them live and maybe help other people. And it's super fun, as you know, because you come in a lot. It's a blast. And you feel like you're hanging out with, with all of your closest friends. Even though you can't be on a cruise, you're fending off the post-cruise depression or whatever it may be and just hanging out. I'm not going to lie to you. It's probably the fastest hour of the week for me. It yeah. like literally you turn it on, it flies by. And I don't, there's a lot of moving parts to it because yeah, you have, you know, you have your husband yelling out questions from the back. You have your, uh, you have your sheet that you have printed out and then you're trying to keep up with the live stream. And, uh, is it as easy as you make it look or do you sometimes feel like you're like, all right, you know, because you know, ne- you actually never waver. I could see, you know, when I noticed that you've the slightest little freakouts that you do is mostly when you and and they don't really have it happen anymore. But in the beginning, when there was like maybe like a little bit of a technical issue, I could tell that I could tell that freaked you out a little bit, right? Oh yeah, it freaks me out because it freaks my husband out to like the deepest degree. He's yeah. very serious, and he's kind of a perfectionist about all of this stuff. So if I started to see him like rubbing his brow over in the corner, <laughs> or he would be making some hand gesture to me, like I have no idea what you're talking about, but we just lost the live stream, and you know now we've kind of got it down. But in the beginning, Tommy, it was seriously so exhausting for me that I would I would literally take a nap after almost every live stream, but now it's the exact opposite. Now it's like where I get my energy. It's really invigorating. It's so much fun. And I look forward to it. Even after I could have had a really stressful work week, I could be exhausted, not have enough sleep and that will totally charge me back up. So it's getting easier. Uh, it's really hard to be at the mercy of the YouTube technology though, as you know, when stuff, oh my gosh, when stuff doesn't go right, it's so frustrating because You'll have people commenting live saying, I can't see you. I can't hear you. The stream is off. The, you know, the syncing is off. You, you look like a, you know, like a Kung Fu movie. Your mouth is moving. But, and it's like, oh, my God. I, you know, we have no, you have no control. Right. So, but it is, it is a blast and we love it. And most of the time when it's over, we, you know, we high five and have a good time. But when we have a tough one or a technical issue, my husband, oh, my God, he just looks like he is going to just come unglued. It's so funny. <laughs> You really, really can't detect it, but it's just in the little slight little bit, like I said, that hasn't happened in forever because you guys are, I don't know whether the YouTube technology, and that was never your fault. It was just if the the stream went down or things froze up or whatever it was, but you guys crush it. By the way, on those live streams, I've been trying forever to kick the soda habit, and you got me a little mm. bit on that LaCroix stuff. I was going to ask you, how much <laughs> do you get for the uh, product placement that you have on there? Oh, if only, if only I had a sponsor like that, right? Like. 
would I even need to work anymore, Tommy? Seriously. <laughs> just oh, I do. <laughs> I know. We totally look like we're like pimping LaCroix. It's hilarious. I do love this stuff, though. So did you kick yeah. the soda habit or not? No, I mean, I, I try. I, I, I'm, I'm on and off. I, I'm like a start Monday guy. I continuously yeah. uh, fall off around Thursday. And then on Thursday, I'm like, well, it's already almost Monday. So, like, But it's funny. Yeah, you should you should do that. You should take a nice big sip and go, ah, LaCroix, <laughs> a fresh... <laughs> The soda alternative of cruisers everywhere. but uh, I know. It's so funny. Total tongue-in-cheek sponsor joke. Yeah. Exactly. So what do you think is about the future of Cruise Tips TV? Where do you think it's going? As a fan, I feel like any day we're going to turn on the Travel Channel and see you breaking down cruise ships and ports of call. (laughs) How ambitious are you to make Cruise Tips TV a household name? Well, I mean, we would totally love to take it full-time. But we have to think about the fact that this is kind of an expensive hobby. Right. Just going on the cruises alone, it costs money. So um, I think the idea is to keep up with the growth. We've seen an enormous amount of growth in the last year and it is really exciting. It is really encouraging. But for now, our our mission and our goal is to keep evolving, to meet our audience needs and to keep getting uncomfortable. I know that sounds weird because this is supposed to be fun, right? This is supposed to be your hobby, but we like getting uncomfortable. We like doing that first crazy live stream, that the first time I turned the camera around on a vlog, we want to make ourselves, you know, we want to innovate, we want to create, and we want to try to keep finding ways to connect with new cruisers and new subscribers. So we're going to be doing some fun stuff. Um, I haven't told anybody this yet, but on our last cruise, we took our 360 camera with us. So the ones that film kind of all all around you like you're filming like a globe and we had a lot of fun with it and we're really excited to see what people think about that footage because we did some really cool stuff with it um walked from one end of the ship to another on one deck seriously people looked at me though tommy like i was carrying a weapon because have you ever seen these 360 cameras they're like mounted oh my god okay they're like mounted on the end of a stick so (laughs) imagine carrying a four foot selfie pole that's black and on the end of it there's this like there's this little thing, but it doesn't look like a camera. And I actually, when we were in Princess K's, I walked onto a dock yeah. where there were two workers, and they thought that I was going to, um, like, shoot them. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> they thought that I was coming out onto the dock with a weapon. They're like, do we need to go? And I'm like, no, 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 honey, it's a camera. It's a camera. So if we can if we can get past the awkwardness of walking through a ship with a, with a giant selfie stick with a thing on the end of it um we're really excited to kind of introduce that to the world but i don't know i don't see myself being the next samantha brown of cruising but it would be amazing if we could somehow take it full-time someday um i do love my day job i do need my benefits uh, it's you know it's always been really good to me but you never know yeah come on yeah. samantha brown has nothing on you guys come on oh <laughs> you're too kind Oh, um, my God. All right. So let's get into We talked about Cruise Tips TV. It was great to have a little bit of a history on that. Let's get into some cruising talk. Uh, what is uh, – so you guys just got back from a Panama Canal sailing. Uh, from an overall standpoint, top to bottom, I guess just stepping back, big picture, how did the experience compare to your expectations of a Panama Canal cruise? It's a good question. Um, the canal portion of it totally blew me away. If I could spend – days and days going through those locks, I would do it, even though it's a really slow process. 
Mm-hmm. It'd be something that I could do over and over again. Um, I Now I really want to do a full transit. I know you know a lot about the canal, how when you do the um, the 10 nighters from Fort Lauderdale, you just do the little the pass through through right. the Agua Clara locks. But I was so excited for the second passage in the afternoon after we'd gone through in the morning, you know, you that first pass through at 530 a.m. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's cool, but it's almost like why did we even bother with that one? Because the afternoon one, you're so much more awake and coherent and you can appreciate it so much more. So we were really glad that we stayed on the ship and didn't do um, an excursion when we docked in the lake. That was a good decision. Um, Princess Keys totally blew me away. It was awesome. It was really nice to actually be back in the Caribbean a little bit, Um, going to Grand Cayman, going to Princess Keys, seeing that blue water is nothing like what we see over here on the Pacific side. So that was amazing. Um, I was, unfortunately, I was a little bit disappointed in Cartagena. Um, it was one of those places where you kind of felt, it wasn't so much that I would say I felt unsafe, but I definitely felt like I wouldn't want to go out without a guide. And that was kind of a, a letdown. Costa Rica was cool, but the whole experience was amazing. I think the overall the overall standpoint, though, I would say it just made me want to go on a longer one, right. one where... I can go all the way through the canal. Yeah. You know, it was interesting for me because I was kind of obsessed for a minute on the uh, Panama Canal cruise. Uh, cruise the, But then I, as I was researching, it was like a situation where my research deterred me from it a little bit only because mm-hmm. what I saw is that I wanted to uh, I wanted to have some time in Panama City. My research told me that Panama City was this amazing experience. It was like a real kind of like as far as for Central America goes, a real like almost like the New York City of Central America in certain ways and I really wanted to kind of experience that so I kind of like found myself looking for a good either you know forgot the um there's a there's a there's a tender uh port that is closer to Panama City but then there's also mm-hmm. an extended port is it uh Cologne right Cologne is um, the, it, it's not really it's not it's it Cologne is on the Atlantic side right. but you're right though what you're saying is correct you do dock in Cologne and they do take you over to Panama City and it's not it's like a um, I think it's probably a couple of hours at the very most by land, but yeah. you can go you can go either through all of the locks or you can go by rail or you can go by land. but I think you're right it's hard to find experiences on the pacific side right it's like yeah. impossible yeah. yeah there's a couple but no that's what i meant you can there's there is a there is a port out there too but it's a little mm-hmm. bit it's very very seldomly stopped at and then if you were mm-hmm. going to do cologne which is on the east side you have to get make that trek over and you i think you had like a three or four hour uh just a window at, uh, in in port right totally you're not even really in a port you um oh. so they dock you out in the lake but you're right you're it, it's just weird it's like the weirdest experience unlike anything I've ever done before. So you dock in a lake and then you pass back through the locks and then you basically like dock at Cristobal or Cologne, but there's nothing there. You're just looking at shipping containers, which are cool and fascinating, but they don't even, they tell you like, don't even bother to get off the ship unless you go downstairs and like shop in the hut. Right. But you're right. It's it, all of that stuff is kind of confusing. And even with the research I'd done, even when I was on the ship, I had to do the cruise to kind of figure out what they actually meant by docking or not docking in Cologne. Right. But um, that is where they picked up all the folks that had got off the ship in the lake. They picked them up back in Cologne. So they're basically just getting back on. 
But I think for some of the ones you've researched, they probably do it differently in different lines. You know, I'm sure that there's some variance there. But you do feel it though, right? When you're going through the canal and you just kind of feel the history. I'm, I'm like a little bit of a geog- geography and history nerd a little bit. So like I, I, that fascinates me about like, you know, what they did and they digging that out and what it did for just uh, nautical transportation during that time and how, you know, the failed attempts to do it. And you kind of go through and you feel like all the lives that were sacrificed to, to make this like wonder you kind of you do feel that when you're going through it though right oh my gosh so much I'm so glad I did the research I did um, I'm not usually as much of a history buff but I definitely after I listened to your podcast on the Panama Canal got a little bit more intrigued by it and I got I got studying up a bit and it is so fascinating like to think about how the yellow fever just swept through that area when the French were over there and to see the actual jungle that they're talking about that dense crazy jungle is pretty interesting and like the red clay you can still see the exposed clay along the side of the canal wow. where you can just imagine that like the the soil is constantly just creeping down and it's it's you know it's dredging 24 7 just to keep everything afloat but yeah it's super fascinating and the people are cool too you you really get a sense for the fact that people are really proud to work on the canal and it's really neat that's awesome yeah i eventually got to do it all right so let's switch gears a little bit one thing i've noticed uh over here is that we get a little bit spoiled on the east coast and uh we typically whether it's miami fort lauderdale even sometimes new york when the ship can fit under the verrazano bridge we get access to the (laughs) newest most innovative and a lot of times the larger ships why do you think that they don't send more ships you know that are hot off the press right out to the west coast oh my gosh it makes me so frustrated everybody out here is like really can we have to get another old funky i'm not even going to say the word but you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah Uh Um, I think it's a numbers game. I mean, it's supply and demand, obviously, in the Florida coast. There's just so many more people looking to sail. That's a part of the issue. Even though we get hundreds of thousands of people out of L.A. and San Francisco and San Diego, it's just not enough. But the ports are limited, too. I mean, you can only you can only take people so far down into Mexico. And there's just not as much allure because once you get down into those ports, I mean, Cabo and Puerto Vallarta and Mazatlan, they're beautiful, but it's not the Caribbean. It's not, there's not as much of a draw. So I think it's supply and demand. That makes sense. You have a lot more, I guess, maneuverability throughout the Caribbean, even though not that those places aren't amazing and breathtaking, so much to do and a lot of fun. But um, I guess you do have the regions on the east. You have the southern Caribbean. You know, you could. I guess the. I guess that's what it is. The supply and demand thing. Because I would think, you know, California versus Miami, or you know, Fort Lauderdale versus San Diego. I, I would think that the West Coast population-wise would stack up just as much. But I guess it's just maybe destination-based, right? Yeah, totally. And I think that a lot of West Coast cruisers and people too who are like Colorado, Utah, Arizona. The Pacific Northwest, a lot of the states that are simply closer to California, they all sail over here too. And a lot of Canadians come down, but it's just not enough because there's, you know, they're going to do it, but they may not do it repeatedly because there isn't much, there's not as many ports that you can, you know, not as much port variety. Let's just put it that way. I guess so. All right. Well, contrary to that, the good news is that the Norwegian Bliss is headed that way. Uh, it is Woo-hoo! pretty much a mega ship. Are you looking at sailing on her? Or are you kind of content yeah. with the mid-sized ships? No way, man. We're jumping on that ship so fast. We're going to hit one of the October sailings um, to head down to the Mexican Riviera. I wanted to do Alaska. I would love to do the Panama Canal, but dollar for dollar, we chose the Mexican Riviera because it was just a little bit less expensive. You know how it is with these inaugural 
years, super pricey. So we are, we're booked on a balcony on bliss. That was a lot of bees in one sentence. (laughs) We're stoked. Well, that's great. I mean, um, that's got to be the biggest ship ever to go through the Panama Canal when it does, right? Ooh, I don't know. Probably, right? Yeah, I, I don't actually, think it's, at I think one time it, it was be. even uh, Panama ready. It was just it was at, at one point it was like before they built the new locks. I don't think they would even it wouldn't even have fit. Totally, um, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is probably going to be the biggest one by the time it gets, unless they pass another Norwegian ship through there. It's probably going to be one of the Neo Panamaxes. Super cool. All right, this one's kind of at a left field. While I was kind of just prepping for this interview, I got a text from a friend. Uh, He's an electrician. He actually volunteered to offer his services to a group that's providing some relief to the victims of the hurricanes down in the Caribbean. He's going to live on a cruise ship for a month that's that's docked in St. Croix. If there's anyone who's efficient, he asked me if they know he knows I love cruising. <laughs> if there's anyone who's efficient in how to, you know, navigate their way around the stateroom, I'm talking to her right now. So he asked me, and I'll kind of pass that question on to you. Do you have any uh, advice if he's if you're going to live on a cruise ship for a couple of months? Do you have in a couple of I guess sentences? I, I know you haven't really had a chance to think this through, but anything <laughs> as far as efficiency, if somebody has to live on a cruise ship for a month, just so I could pass it along to my buddy. First of all, that's amazing. How did he get that gig? It's a volunteer gig? Uh, I guess so. He's an electrician. He's in the union, and he spent, I think, he had spent the last uh, couple of months in Puerto Rico just basically building, uh, reconfiguring the infrastructure from an electricity standpoint, and uh, he's... uh, He's now, I guess he loved it. He was very, very rewarding for him. And I guess now he's moving over to uh, continue the effort over in uh, St. Croix. That is super cool. Well, tell him, tell him we appreciate his service. And that's awesome. I guess my biggest question, the first thing that popped into my mind was like, okay, how is the guy going to do laundry? Hopefully they'll provide laundry services to him. So he'll be able to get like take minimal amounts of clothing and keep his stateroom pretty uncluttered. But um, if I were in his shoes, I'd probably take some stuff to keep things off of the countertop. So maybe he would be a good candidate for those over the door shoe hanger things. Do you know the ones that people put over the bathroom door where you can put extra? I don't use them anymore, but for him, I mean, if you're living on something for a month, that might be kind of cool to take that. If you put his sunglasses in there, sunscreen stuff that maybe you wouldn't put on the countertops if he gets stuck in a small cabin, if he's trying to kind of pack efficiently and get organized too, obviously this is the Sherry answer, but packing cubes are great mm-hmm. because he can keep using them while he's on the ship. He doesn't necessarily just have to think of them as a, you know, as a packing strategy. He right. could organize and then like leave all his pants in one and just unzip it or put his dirties in there. Obviously a couple pop-up hampers would be good for him to pack. Um, wall magnets might be good, like those wall magnet hooks so he can hang stuff on them. Like he can put his hat on there for the day or whatever. Things he can do. Right. Little grab. the Windbreakers, coats, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Great. Yeah, totally. But the thing that I think would probably be the smartest for him would be before he goes to think about the stuff he can't buy there and stock up. I mean, if he's been to Puerto Rico, he's probably going to know what he can and can't get down there. But things like maybe sunscreen, good sunglasses, the right shoes, his favorite bottle of liquor, like whatever it is, maybe just think about taking it with him. Other than that, I think this guy's probably going to be pretty darn good at it since he's been down there before. But that's super cool, Tommy. Yeah, no, it is. It's uh, definitely uh, pretty, pretty impressive. And I mean, God bless him for that. It's uh, yeah. Hopefully, things are restored to order there as soon as possible. It's just they've had a real rough run. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell him I said hello. Absolutely, I will. All right. So, I think you've listened to a couple of the episodes of Always Be Booked before, and uh, 
I, I think <laughs> a that, couple. I think you probably know that what we try to do is take a little bit sometimes of a, a reverent, offbeat approach, and we kind of like you know, like I said, you're on you know the episodes every week, a couple of times a week, and you come across so polished, polite, and you know so unwavering, and you have this uh, presence about you that's just very, very comforting. What I want to know is, and I want you to be honest. If there was a camera following you, following you around 24-7, would we maybe catch, possibly at any point, catch a Sherry Diva moment where you absolutely <laughs> lit up a crew member for bad service or something like that? Oh, my God. That is so freaking funny. Um, I would never light up a crew member, and I can honestly say I never have. I've rolled my eyes, I'm sure, or done something like muttered something under my breath. But <laughs> What are you muttering, Sherry? <laughs> Probably like really, you know, you 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 gave me a decaf, damn it! Like you never something like, like exploded. That. Like no, oh no, no. However, okay, total diva moment with my husband and son though. Okay, Abs- if we could vlog a day in the real life of Sherry, we would get hangry Sherry at least two times a day. I mean, it is never as sunny and perfect as it appears in our vlogs. They're totally, of course, they're heavily edited. I'm sure on occasion. You get a little glimpse of it. <laughs> I wouldn't say diva, but I would say cranky for oh. sure. I'm very like sleep sensitive. If I get hungry, I'm really crotchety. Sometimes we don't agree on stuff. We don't agree on um, what we want to do for the day. Or um, I think more likely the kinds of things that I would snap about would be like I when I'm vlogging, I like to film everything really fast. Mm -hmm. So you know how you like get caught in a moment. You're like, oh yeah, I want to talk about this right now because it's happening and and I'm I'm feeling the moment. Well, my husband is thinking, okay, when I get this back into the editing bay, I want good audio. I want the right angle so you don't complain and tell me that I filmed you from two inches too low and you've got a double chin. So we have this back and forth between the two of us. Obviously, every couple does, but it's like, We'll have our little moments where it'll be like, I'm going to stand right here. And he'll be like, you'd look much better if you were two inches down. You know, we have a little bit of a little bit of a back and forth for sure because it's stressful and we want it to be right. But um, no, honestly, we've had pretty darn good service with the crew. I don't think I've ever, ever had a moment where I felt like I would ever snap at somebody. Um, Maybe we've had really good cruises with that. But unfortunately, yeah, you know, (laughs) we're going to we're going to catch each other in the crossfire occasionally (laughs) or I'll snap at my son because he jumped into a shot that he wasn't supposed to be in or (laughs) something like that. But, yeah, it totally happens. I was hoping for the moment where you're in the main dining room and you're hanging out and you're eating. You just finished your meal and. The waiter brings out a carrot cake when you ordered the chocolate melting cake and you oh. you request him back and he comes over and you and you quietly grab him by the tie and say, Come come here, come here. Do you know who I am? Oh my Do you God. know Tommy, you're so bad. Oh no. Oh my gosh, no, I'm not that kind of diva. I'm I'm a nice I'm a really I am really a nice person. I promise you I am. I'm not I, there's none of that. And uh, I will say though, I will tell you. On our last cruise, our waiter was like, he was a little bit weird that I would order two appetizers every night. Really? I felt like, yes. Like, really, have you ever had that happen? Have you ever been made to feel guilty for ordering more than one thing? And he would look at me like, you wanted the shrimp cocktail and the Caesar salad? And I was like, yeah, I mean, is that okay? I'm not going to get dessert. And I told my husband afterwards, I'm like, is our waiter chastising us? And he's like, yeah, he's totally, he's totally cranky. 
And then what happened was we started talking to him because I was like, this is not normal. He's something's bugging him. And we started talking to him throughout the cruise and we found out that he's like two days away from getting off the ship. Yeah. And he was probably just kind of done. And there were also people treating him like crap and we saw it happening. We're like, okay, we need to soften up and make, you know, make some good conversation with this guy. And then he brought me my, my four shrimp cocktails every night after that. And we had no problems. All right, good. <laughs> See, I don't have, I don't have that issue because it is made abundantly crystal clear. The minute we sit down our first night, that we are not ordering one of anything. No. So, so they don't not. even they don't even try. They don't even on the note they're like, all right, let's get ready. Let's you know, here they come. They're sitting down. Let's stretch out because we're gonna be doing a lot of running. So but, Right. Uh, you know, and, we take yeah, care and of them. it's not your fault either. I'm sorry, but they've made the portion smaller. I'm and I'm five feet tall and I don't eat a huge amount. But stuff is smaller. I mean, when you order a shrimp cocktail, you're getting like three little teeny tiny baby shrimp, right? And why do you think they do that? Because they know you're gonna order multiple. Yeah, and they know you may not you may not eat it. So I, I'm okay with that, but I don't want to be made to feel guilty about ordering two. So. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so I guess we shouldn't use the word, I guess, famous quite yet with you guys. No, but, no. Um, the reality is, is that you connect with tens of thousands of people across the world, and that number is actually growing. Uh, when people email you, when they pop onto the live stream, when they even, I mean, you're at the level where they're actually occasionally approaching you on a cruise. It must be like very rewarding. Can you, can you even describe that feeling? It is the best thing ever. And I probably totally freak them out because I like run up, take a selfie with them and give them a huge hug, ask them their name, ask them about their dog. I mean, it's usually, <laughs> it's usually the best, the best part of our cruises. So usually we'll, we'll run into probably four or five groups of people on each cruise, not a huge amount, but it's really funny. Um, the way that people approach me is usually kind of cute. So they won't say, they won't say like, see me and say, Sherry, they won't say that. They'll look at me for a while and they'll kind of case case the situation and try to make sure that it's me. And then they'll usually kind of walk over and they'll say, they'll point at me and they'll say, you're that YouTube lady or, <laughs> or something like you're on YouTube, but usually they don't address me by name or anything. Or they'll say like, you're that one that talks about cruises, but they know they do know, but I think they're trying to make sure, but it's awesome and really fun. And it, it definitely is weird. Um, it's not, it's not something that I think I'll ever get used to, but it's a total highlight for us. It's crazy. Cause I don't, I don't know your age demographic. I'm sure you're you know, late twenties or whatever, but, um, I, I'm, I'm talking about going back when I was young and like, it was like, you, either you're on TV or you're not, you know what I mean? Like who would have known that there was going to be a way 10, 12, 15 years <laughs> down the road where you can get some notoriety and have like an outreach way, way beyond people who you would otherwise come in contact throughout the day without totally. actually being on TV or on the radio or, or some sort of a celebrity. It's really, really interesting and strange. And my mom went with us on the last cruise. So she got to kind of experience it a little bit and it was really fun. She's like, wow, that is really interesting. But did you just actually say that I was in my late 20s? I love you right now. Did you yeah. actually say that? Okay. Well, no. you know. Yeah. yeah. Very, very nicely done. <laughs> I, would, I would love it if I was in my late 20s. That would be so amazing. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think you probably passed for it. But, I mean, it's just, you know, you know, you're certainly not, you know, I've made the mistake of guessing older and I'll never do it again. So. <laughs> oh, you're a smart man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. All right. So I guess as cruises, another thing we like to do is try to, you know, of course we love the onboard experience and we love, you know, cruising in general, but when you go to the level of, I guess, fascination or just, you know, enthusiasm about cruising that 
people like you, myself, and some of our listeners, Dad, we're always looking for what you can do when you're not on cruises, you know, like your show, like my show, and other things like that, whether it's websites and stuff like that. I always hear you mentioning uh, CruiseLine.com, and I know everybody knows about, like, Cruise Critic and stuff like that, but, like, CruiseLine.com, when you, when you talk about it, it seems like they have a lot of things uh, to offer from a pre- and post-cruise experience where you can do reviews, where you can get a full uh, scale tour of certain ships and a lot of entertainment, a, a, a lot of uh, information on the entertainment and on the dining of the ships. Um, tell me a little bit about cruiseline.com, if you don't mind. Sure. You did a really good job of that, by the way. I did? I think that that pretty much sums it up. That was awesome. All right. Yeah, definitely. We They sponsor some of our videos, and it's a really good partnership for us. And you can imagine that when we're um, looking at kind of partnership relationships for our channel, we want to be super careful because people trust us and they, you know, we don't want to talk about something that we don't use or believe in. So we contacted them actually to become a partner for their website program where that's, that's how cruiseline.com works. They work with lots of different, um, cruise influencers and people who have websites and blogs and link back to cruiseline.com. But it turned out <clears throat> that that website approach wasn't really even the best way for us to handle a partnership. So we said, hey, what about just getting you guys directly into our videos? And we all love the idea. So what they are is they're basically an awesome website where you can research your cruise or your dream cruise, your next cruise, your dream cruise, whatever. You can read your views and you can participate in the forums. You can read tips and you can look at photos, but they have some features that you can't really find anywhere else. Like they're their reviews are unfiltered and they're verified. So they confirm that the person who actually wrote the review actually went on that sailing. So they actually verify it with the top cruise agencies to confirm their bookings, which is really, really wow. cool. And they, and they don't filter the reviews. So you're getting the scoop, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And you can definitely feel the difference when you go on their website. You're really seeing what the, the reality is. So they have cool things on their site. They have a cruise genius that helps you pick a cruise based on your preferences. They have really? a price alert. Mm -hmm. It's really fun. So super great resource. And then they also have their Shipmate app, which those those two companies came together a few years that ago. That Shipmate? Shipmate? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Shipmate I was going to mention Shipmate. And I, and I wasn't going to because I didn't want to step on CruiseLine.com. <laughs> then I didn't know that they yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah, they joined forces. So Shipmate is basically powered by CruiseLine.com. So once you, it's kind of, the way that you can think of it is CruiseLine.com sort of where you go before you book your cruise. So you research it there. And then once you're booked, people kind of tend to navigate over to Shipmate because you can then add your cruise. You can do the countdown clock. And then you can chat with other cruisers. And you can keep a price alert on that cruise. So you can kind of watch the cruise price. So if the price drops, you can call your travel agent and see what they can do. And then you can kind of explore the ship using the app so right. really really great resource we love working with them super good fit really nice uh resource for our audience i love i love the, the pre-cruise when you could find out who's uh going on the cruise with you it's a good way for us because when we go on the cruises we like you know we cruise uh, with a little. There's 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 a, there's a little alcohol involved, and we can you know identify the other <laughs> boozers that are along along for the ride as well. So it's very yeah, for us. the roll calls, right? Exactly. Um, all right, so we all doesn't need to be said. We all love the cruising industry. That's why we're here. That's why you know the people are listening to this interview right now. Um, here at Always Be Booked, like I said before, I try to venture into areas that others don't. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes we take. Could be a cynical, could be a contrarianistic point of view, if that's a word. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What do you think is an area that they can definitely improve on? Oh, I can be contrarianistic if you want me to. Not a problem. No, there's Great. lots of things. I totally have my ongoing like cruise improvement wish list. I think 
and I think you're probably going to agree with me on my first one, but longer port stays. Like you know, you want to stay overnight in St. Thomas, right? Like we all want yeah. more time in port. So I think my pet peeve is when you're in a port from like 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's like, worst. really, really? No, I don't even want to get off the ship because <clears throat> first of all, I'm not ready to get off the ship until 10. <laughs> and if I were to get off the ship before 10, the tender line would be super long. So I want... I want those days that are like 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. or better yet, overnights. Like let's do the two-day port stays in the awesome ports, right? I know for sure you can relate on that one. Yeah, I, I can relate. I'm also a little bit of, a little nervous about that. Um, I, yeah. I, I could see just having access to these islands at <laughs> 4 in the morning and, you know, could, could be a little dicey. But, you know, I do, yeah. I do totally – at the end of the day, I totally agree with you. Do they, they do that a lot in Bermuda it seems like and Cuba, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. They do some overnights down there. I didn't even think about that. But that's it. But you're right, 100%. Like, yeah. it's not a mainstream thing. It's just Bermuda and Cuba because Bermuda, a lot of times, is just a, a destination that is so f far removed from everywhere else that you're yeah. just going to Bermuda sometimes. Totally. I know. I got a paging Thomas Casabona. Get back on the ship. You are, <laughs> you know, we're due to sail in three hours. So funny. So speaking of that, though, I actually cannot stand overhead announcements. I do not like them. Oh, I don't want okay. them in the morning. I would love to see those gone. Um, okay. That was talk one of the most me. amazing segues I've ever heard in my life. That was, I did that not was plan that segue. I swear to you, I didn't plan it. But it's true. Yeah. I just threw, I, you know, I, you, you hear the. <laughs> You hear the ding, the bing, bing, and you're like, shut yeah. up. And like, oh, my gosh. I can't stand it. So, yeah, I'd love to see those gone. I'm okay with it, like, throughout the day. Or, like, you know when the captain comes on and tells you important stuff? We yeah. are, you know, we're 12 miles off the coast of Cuba. Look to your left. Okay, that's awesome. I yeah. want to hear that. But I really don't want to hear at 6 a.m. we're starting tender operations. Like, tell me that the night before. We're cool, right? It gives me anxiety, too, because the guy's like, <sighs> you know, you're getting ready, and it's like quarter to eight in the morning, and then he starts running down the list of things that are going on right now. You start getting anxiety, like, oh, what am I missing? I'm missing the whole I'm missing the whole trip. <laughs> the hairy chest contest has started. Run yeah. for the full deck. <laughs> exactly. I know. It's totally true. Okay, but here's another one for you. I have, like, seven, so be ready because this list is long. All right. I do not understand and maybe this is like an engineering thing but why can they not make the pools bigger <laughs> on cruise ships like do they really all have to be like the size of a backyard kiddie pool please especially like on royal caribbean they'll have like a teeny tiny pool for five thousand people yeah so i don't get that i think you either need to make like six pools or you need to make a bigger pool it's making me crazy i i just don't understand and Great cold one. pools please heat the pools like I'm sorry, I can't handle that either. Definitely. But. Well, you guys, got, is it is this true? This is off topic. Is, is yeah. the Pacific Ocean just a cold ocean? Someone told me, yes. is it cold? It's like yeah, even if yeah. you, it's not that comfortable. Like the Atlantic is like, <laughs> especially in Miami and it's like you're telling me in Los Angeles, like when it's hot, like you'll go, you'll stick your toes in the Pacific and it'll be cold. Yeah, it's cold. So in the in the summertime, it'll heat up to maybe 68, 75, you know, something like that. But it's probably a little bit like you experience on and please correct me if I'm wrong. But like if you're on the if you're on the East Coast, and you're in Florida, the Atlantic is cold. But then like by the time you get to North Carolina, it's freezing. It's probably kind of like that. Okay, because by the time you get to Cabo and Puerto Vallarta, it's the same ocean, essentially, but it is warm. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah, but it's pretty chilly. But that's where it's they get the water cool. from for the pools, right? So that's why it's a yeah. chilly out there some where you them. are. Yeah, some of them do pump it in. I know Carnival pumps salt water in. Princess is fresh water. 
there's some variety there, mm-hmm. but so yeah, I have more. I have right, more. Let's work on my, down the list. My, let's do this it. This is really bad. I know I feel terrible, but the dining thing kind of bugs me. You know how everybody like flocks, and maybe this is not so true with your cruises because we tend to sail on um, lines that have an older demographic than you do. But on the lines we're on, everybody wants like the early dining, like five thirty or six. And I really, I would love to see there be a way where everybody could kind of dine when they want to without a wait instead of having this like crazy dining room crowd thing. I think it'd be really nice just to make it so that there was a little bit more, a little bit more opportunity for people to dine when they want, which is one thing that can be kind of nice about Norwegian is you sort of have more options, but I, you know, like I was talking about my hangry thing earlier, I do not like to wait for my dinner. So oh, I'd like you. to see that get cleaned up. Yeah, totally. Okay. More. All right. Bathtubs in every stateroom. I know that is really weird, but I'm Oof. a bather. I'm not a showerer. So I would, I, Anytime I get an opportunity to book a bathtub, like Norwegian's mini suites, princess mini suites, I totally do it, which is weird because then I have to Clorox it down because gross, right? But that's on there. It's on my list, Tommy. I mean, that's that's ambitious. (laughs) It's ambitious. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But I don't know. What do you think about tipping? I mean, don't you think everything would be just a little easier if we finally kind of changed the tipping thing and absorbed it into the cost of the cruise? I mean... Ooh, you're getting into dangerous territory with the tipping. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm going to enrage the masses, but I think it's time. I feel like it's an antiquated system. So what and do you then, say what are you proposing should happen? I think they need to just absorb the tipping thing into the cost of the cruise. I oh, think okay. the crew will I think the crew will still work for it. I really do. I think people will still slip them extra twenties, but I just the the, the reason that I say that is because I'm so saddened and disheartened when I hear people removing the tips that it's more I'd like to see those people guarantee their wages, I guess, than the way it yeah. is now. Yeah, you know, it's across the board. It's like a very, very uh, volatile, volatile topic because it, it's even happening on land too. You're seeing a lot of restaurants that are not even dealing with tipping anymore. They're telling you not to tip. I mean, it's not it hasn't taken over. They're still very, I guess, uh, it's like a radical decision if you're going to do that. But some restaurants yeah. are doing that. But yeah, you're that really bothers the heck out of me removing the gratuities mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. and some sometimes people actually recommend you do it i've heard mm-hmm. people like like tell totally. you you could take the gratuity off if you want I'm like oh if, if you don't, like don't don't cruise if you're gonna do that but i don't know i feel like the i feel like i feel like some sort of incentive is still good you know what i mean some sort of like yes. incentive is, is is good but i guess i wouldn't mind because i will always be that guy that kind of pulls out whatever you know 10 here, 20 here, just because, you know, I just, a couple of dollars and hopefully you get, you know, I know when I go, when we go, when we were on this escape, we would just give the guy the, the 20 at the beginning of the night. We did it each night and we were not waiting a second. I and mean, we, mm-hmm. he would, we would be able to basically from halfway across the room, wave to him and he had our drinks ready. And it was like, <laughs> they're great. If you just, you know, give I them a couple of dollars and show some appreciation, they'll take care of you. But it's interesting. Yeah. It's definitely something that uh, I know a lot of people would agree with you. I never knew that so much about the tipping the bartenders, by the way, until I started listening to your podcast. And it really does work. Like even a buck or two on the first couple of days really makes a difference. It's like you're forming a little bit of a bond with them, a trust relationship. I know you're slipping a much larger bills, like 20s, but I don't quite drink as much. Exactly. They, that's they really do respond well when you when you kick down just a tiny extra, tiny yeah. bit extra. Yeah. Yeah, no, you. Yeah, that's what we do. We just basically look and we see. You know, looks like the one who's like a little bit friendly because you know there's a lot of a lot of them are miserable, like you said, the waiter yep. and stuff like that. But then the ones that are happy, you just pull them over and you pull out the twenty and you just like I said, I say, hey, here you go. So we just entered into a relationship and uh, 
they get it. You have to say, say no more, Thomas. Say no more. And then, you know, <laughs> Did they really say that to you? Did the really the ones, yeah. You? If you pick the right one, Shut definitely. Up. On the on the escape, uh, we had like four or five of them. It's getting a little crazy because Carnival's different. Carnival still <laughs> uses uses the jiggers, the and jiggers. you really have to look far and wide to find them. But you could find them on Carnival. But on Norwegian, and I noticed Royal Caribbean too. Like sometimes they don't even. If you have the drink package, they don't even swipe your card. I had. I'm not going to lie to you. We had a, a, the girl with us, Hannah, and she didn't get the drink package. And mm-hmm. we gave him a 20 at the beginning of the night. I would just say, like, I I would go up and, like, wait five minutes and then get another one. And he knew what I was doing. And he's like, totally. He just started giving me two at once because he knows I'm getting oh. it away. And he didn't, he didn't even care. He's just not oh that. Oh, my uh, gosh. You know, and like I you, said, that's the irony yeah. because I'm firing people for that on my regular job. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I'm not oh. proud of that, but what are you going to do? Well, the cruise industry is a little bit different, and they're they're not really U.S. based. They have just the rules don't apply, Tommy. And it's like a casino. I'm, I'm going to exactly. justify it. Like a casino too. <laughs> casino just gives away drinks like it's water because it's not where their main source of profit is. So yeah, I'm just trying to totally. rationalize, aren't I? Yeah, and they pad the drink package cost because they know yeah. that you're doing that. Not that doesn't make it right. You're right, but at the same time, they're charging you. Yeah. So yeah. All right, where, where are we at with the list here? Okay, I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it at that. I mean, if you can make disembarkation less depressing, more power to you. That is just – that can't even be on my That's list. It's not happening. It's not, not a happening. thing, no. No. I mean, unless you're disembarking me off the ship onto another ship, then I'm happy. But, you know, <laughs> that thing that. All right, I got in front of me right now a little bit of a lightning round, some quick little hits. I know we've running a little – probably a lot longer than you uh, wanted to or intended to do this. No, but, it's totally fine. Uh, Don't worry. So Great. A couple of quick hits. I mean, just say the first thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be one word or one sentence, but just, I guess, this quick one. So favorite ship right now. I know this is going to be an impossible question, oh, but favorite ship. I hate ship. this question. I, I know hate this question. And I hate to be um, cheesy and ask it, but I got it. I know. It's like, it's a it's a legit question, but I can't say, I, I'm going to pick class of ships, and it's the grand class princess ships because I love the covered and heated pools. Kind of like you talk about the solarium on, yeah. is it Royal Caribbean? It's like that. I love it. Okay, fair enough. I'll take a class. I'll, I'll settle for a class. Um, okay. Most memorable excursion ever? The baths on Virgin Gorda. Second runner-up, ziplining in Puerto Vallarta. Okay. I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you for the number one, if you're going to do yes. organized excursions. I, I mean, that's can't miss we were we were we went and i wanted no part of going we had a late night we got back around four or five in the morning and you know the, the girl, one of the girls we were with was like we have to do it and she's like kicking me i'm like i'm not going i'm not going well you paid oh. i don't care if i paid i'm not going and mm-hmm. then she started getting upset and started get a little i'm like all right let's go and i am so glad i did uh, uh you can't you can't go there you can't go to tortola and not do that did you guys take the ferry well, yeah, it was a tender, but it's that tender right off the ship takes you right there. You don't hit really? the land. Yeah. So you get off oh. the ship and you board a tender, but the tender takes you to the Virgin Gorda. That's so – that's really cool. I didn't even know they had a ship-sponsored shore excursion. That is super cool. Yeah. That hmm. was on uh, the Norwegian Gem yeah. um, out of New York. All right. Alaska or the Caribbean? You cannot make me pick. Wow. No. One per year. I love them both. Um, I'm probably going to go Caribbean because I'm like you in the sense that I, um, I definitely, when I go on vacation, I want to be in my swimsuit. I want to be on the beach, not for very long because like you, I fry in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Totally. I have the same frog belly problem. (laughs) Um, but Alaska, I have to do Alaska every couple of years. I have to, I just, I get drawn back to it. 
No, I could imagine, and I've I've said that to you before too. I'm eventually gonna make my way up there, but I just can't pull the trigger. Yeah. Yet. Like, all right, I so know. you got you got you got you got eight days to go off. Where are you gonna go? I'm gonna get your coat out, and you know, but eventually yeah. I have to do it. Yeah, just wait to have more time on your hands. The time yeah. will be right someday. All right, favorite port of call. You're gonna you're gonna think this is really weird because it's a cruise line private island, but it's Half Moon Key. I love it. It's it's crazy cool. Really. Yeah, it's amazing. I got it. Princess- I, I know. I get it. It's breathtaking. I, we were we were in awe when we were there. But again, like mm-hmm. I said, in just a beach type of setting, I get restless. Yeah, exactly. I think we actually did um, a wave runner excursion mm-hmm. when we were there, and my husband like was going so fast that I flew off the back of it and really? landed in the lagoon, and he had to come get me. I swear. <laughs> so we had we were it was pre-child, so we were a little more high adventure then, but. Um, it's definitely fun if you take advantage of the activities. I think it's beautiful. There's so many though. I can't, I can't really pick because there's some ports in Alaska that that really kind of have my heart too. Yeah, but well, some of those videos I, are amazing. Yeah. Just you you going around there, just seeing some of those uh, towns and stuff like that is really. I mean, just so that's what you get up there. You get the whole culture. Yeah. You don't get that in the Caribbean as much. Yeah, the people are really cool up there too. It's it's amazing how welcoming they are. It's mm-hmm. like America at its finest. It's pretty cool. Best cruise line for food? Holland America. Really? Totally. Okay. Amazing food. Yep. Uh, best cruise line for kids? Uh, probably Carnival, although I'd say that um, Norwegian and Royal Caribbean can come in come in hot next yeah. to those easily the big anyway. Is pretty much good. Yeah. By the way, going back to the uh, Half Moon Key, Carnival's yeah. got to get their act together. They got a lot of balls like trying to charge you on their own island. Wait, take... oh, oh, that's stupid. The, the drink package doesn't work on the island. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I guess I didn't. Oh, no. I didn't feel it. But yeah, they stopped the ship oh. and they literally, you can't get off the ship for an hour because they're busy oh. inhabiting the island. Oh, yes. I see what you're saying because their staff essentially has to set everything up. They have to take the food. They have to take all the drinks. I see what you mean. Yeah, the island is a shell. Mean. Even that Captain Morgan bar, everything is just a shell. There's yep. nothing in it. And then they spend an hour like workmanlike uh, uh, populating the island with gifts in the gift shops. Mm-hmm. And everything is just. And then you get there, and, and the drink package, you got a drink package, and you try to get a drink. Yeah. Yeah. 50, but. So that's interesting that you say that because on Princess Keys, it was kind of a hybrid. They had like their shops and stuff were sort of pre set up by the the people who they have living on the island but i think if i'm not mistaken half moon key is like its own island right it's not connected to the island of eleuthera or anything like that it's just its own isolated thing so they kind of don't have any locals living there is that true i don't yeah, know yeah i don't think it's inhabited at all i don't think it's uh, i don't think so no um, but see we could solve that problem if we had a longer port day Exactly. <laughs> like, let's get exactly. there at 6 a.m. and leave at 8 p.m. and then they can set up between 6 and 9 and everyone will be happy. Perfect. I don't know if I'd go overnight there, but yes. No, <laughs> not <Okay>. overnight. <laughs> There's uh, nothing to do on Half Moon Key, right? <laughs> exactly. Just, you know, dodging wildlife. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, one essential packing tip. I can't get you on this call without at least stepping mm-hmm. into your, uh, your, your, your specialty here. What's one essential yeah. packing tip? Well, it's the same one I give everybody, and it's the one that I use for myself, and it's number one. You have to pack comfortable shoes. People who don't, I feel bad for them. I think it's the worst mistake you can make on a cruise. Um, obviously, I'm a packing cube fan. That would be number two. I'm okay. giving you two instead of one. Sorry. Perfect. Um, and the best meal you've ever had on a cruise ship? I know that might be a tough one. 
Not at all. Nick and Nora is on Carnival Miracle. Filet mignon, lobster bisque. I'm done. Oh, there would be a, if we were if we, yes. we there would be a high five right now. Exactly same. Holy crap. I know. The always be booked and Cruise Tips TV group cruise. We would be having our first party in that restaurant. It is unbelievable. Exactly. And I'm like a I'm a steak guy, and I'm telling you that that matched up. You know they. I saw uh, that they recently changed their menu in the uh, not necessarily the steaks, but a lot of the uh, appetizers and uh, side dishes and oh, the presentations no. they changed in the uh, steakhouses uh, fleetwide and carnival. Oh, did they go all foo foo? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I guess. But as long you as know, the, I'll take it. I'll take it as long as the steak is right. As long as it's good. Um, I guess so. But I do like the traditional kind of appetizers. I don't want them to get too into like, you know, overly um foo-foo cuisine because they do it well with the simple things like the lobster bisque the wedge salad the steakhouse stuff but we'll see makes sense all right so we got one more for you and uh okay. i guess this is a good way to summarize the whole thing I, and a lot of people they know i like cruise and i hear people talk about cruise, especially when i lived in florida florida's you know tons of people thinking they know about cruises the cruising iq in florida's high and then in new york the same thing people like to sail out of new york and i get asked a lot so you love cruises huh like, yeah what is it about cruising that you love so much? And my eyes light up, and I'm so happy to answer that question. And I have my, like, 30-second waxing poetic elevator speech on why I love to cruise. If somebody comes up to Sherry from Cruise Tips TV and say, hey, what what do you love so much about cruising? Why should I take a cruise? What would you throw back at them? Mm. Um, it's a tough one because I think the first thing I do is try to really think about whether or not they would like cruising True. because I, I think there's some people, right? Like you just know when you meet somebody who's not going to like to cruise and you have to be honest with them. So if I think they're not going to like it, I'm honest with them. If they're the type of person who wouldn't like an all inclusive resort or they're, they get seasick or they don't like any type of crowds, I usually disengage and move on and like make well, they're another really recommendation. Like, um... They want like some ultra hip experience, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Sick nightlife and stuff like that. And Yeah, so. totally, totally. I think for people, I think when they ask me like, why do you, you know, why do you like to cruise? I, I give them the kind of the, the list that we all give them, which is you can only have to unpack once and you get to see a lot of places. You don't have to make a lot of decisions. You know, everything's kind of just you get a nice newsletter at night and you get to relax and do whatever the heck you want to do. You don't have to think about where you're going to eat. You don't have to necessarily spend extra money unless you want to. And then, of course, full disclosure on what costs extra money. But I think for um, for us, it's really just like that quality time together. I feel like you get more time with the people you're cruising with when you go on a vacation like that that's more sort of, I don't know, it's contained. You're, you're yes. going to be able to spend a lot of time together. So that's probably the approach that I would take, even though it probably varies based on the person. Yeah, no, I just love, like, we were in a cold weather situation at a bar, a staff outing, just uh, right outside, right next to the Hudson River. And I really mm. didn't think much about cruising. And this is back in 2009, I think, or 2010, or whatever it was. And then one of them just sailed by out of New York and just poured mm. out of New York. And my friend, who was my assistant manager at the time, he said, you know, I need, I'm going on one of those in a couple of months. I need the week off. And I just looked at it and watched it sail by. And I was like, wait where's that thing Whoa. going i was like where is that thing going he's like well you know mine's going to puerto rico i'm like that thing you can get on it and it can take you to puerto rico i want to get on that and oh. i want to go to puerto and i was just like sold it was one of those things where i knew i was going to have the time of my life and from the first time i did it it just did not disappoint i mean it's just 
amazing um that's a good story i've never heard you tell that story it gives me chills oh it was great it was like ugh, it gave me chills but um well what i want to do is thank you so much for giving me i guess what ended up being probably a little more bit more time than you wanted to or planned to but uh i can't tell you how much i appreciate it and i did have some technical difficulties and i appreciate you kind of powering through that at the beginning um what i did want to do also uh i on my last cruise made sure i got a couple of t-shirts some cruise tips tv gear uh, some Aww. t-shirts, not that I am your uh, ideal model for these t-shirts Aww. or whatever, but they did fit great and they were comfortable and I did really, really like them. And I actually, crazy, I actually did get a good amount of compliments on them. People love them. So uh, I absolutely <laughs> suggest, besides checking out Cruise Tips TV, you know, on YouTube, uh, the live, st- live streams and all the back episodes and stuff like that, would you be able to share with my listeners how they can get a hold of your merchandise as well? Sure. Yeah. And you were repping the shirts like a boss, by the yeah. way. I loved your muscle tee. It looked really good on you. Oh, thank you very much. It's very it nice of you to so uh, good. say with a straight face if you actually are. No, it did. I totally, I showed my family. I'm like, look at Tommy. He looks so great. It looked <laughs> awesome. And you, I think you had like the seize the day one with the little shift, but yeah, um, yeah. we have that stuff in our spread shirt shop and it's shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash cruise tips tv and then we also have a marketplace on amazon where we keep our our amazon t-shirts which are inexpensive and kind of simple and lots and lots like hundreds of other cruise essentials so anything from like a hanging toiletry bag to like a rash guard for people who sunburn easily to luggage and stuff like that so that one's cruise tips tv.com forward slash marketplace all good stuff. I can tell you we are very, very uh, much looking forward to seeing what's going on with the future of Cruise Tips TV. And I personally can't tell you how uh, appreciative I am for you coming on the show. Thank you so much, Sherry. Oh, thank you so much, Tommy. I really appreciate it. It's never too much time. Don't apologize. We should definitely – we should at least spend an hour together every quarter. That should be our new plan. I love it. Contract signed. <laughs> All right, Sherry. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. So there you have it. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Big shout out and a thank you to everybody over at Cruise Tips TV. Uh, That's it for the show this week, guys. I want to thank you guys. Quick little reminders. As always, please follow me on Instagram. You find Always Be Booked. Email me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Questions, comments, concerns, corrections, whatever you want to do, we will read your emails on the air. as soon as we get them. Also, uh, the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge Facebook group, might I stress group on Facebook. Uh, I still get people, every time I have a show, I get a few more people that like my Facebook page. Uh, No reason to do that anymore, ladies and gentlemen. The page is out. The group is in. Again, Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. So that's about it for this week. Hopefully, we'll be able to bring you another episode this week. Is this the beginning of the once a week always be booked podcast episodes hopefully you know those interviews will they will help and especially when they're as good as we just got from sherry thanks again we will talk to you soon there's a place where the boat leaves from it takes away i love your big problems you could worries you could drop them in the blue ocean but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from take one part sand one part sea and one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy
But you're right there. There's a perfectly good island somewhere. Well, all right, the boats and don't grab your coat. You won't need it where we are going. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You can worry, you can drop them in the